In today's episode, I will be talking with Jim Oosley, who is the writer of the new comic book, The Atonement Bell. We will be talking about that and who knows what else. As always, I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Hello, Checkmates. It's your old Uncle Derek coming to you on a uh, slightly unseasonably warm day in St. Louis. We got up to about 85 today, I think. It's October, and that's that's warm. Probably probably something to be said about that, but on a different show. Uh, I'm sitting here with my uh, longtime friend and longtime creative person, Jim Oosley. Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. Nice. <laughs> I I always want people to do that, and so many people refuse. <laughs> so that's, my, that's my first thing I do. <laughs> thank you for taking the easy joke. <laughs> I love I love the easy joke. Uh, Jim, it's good to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, good to see you too. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure. We did this uh, when you were promoting uh, the Dead Palace, a previous book. That oh you wrote. wow, that was a while. Back yeah, now. that was uh, twenty eighteen. For some reason, I was thinking it was for the for Butcher Queen, but it was for the Dead Palace. It was You're Dead right. Palace. Yeah, wow. yeah. Butcher Queen came out after. I assume Dead Palace went okay, and Butcher Queen seems like it got a lot of buzz. Yeah. Uh, well, Dead Palace um, actually got us our. Uh, uh, publishing deal with Red Five Comics, nice. actually. So now Red Five Comics. I I don't know if you've seen the movie, but is that a Star Wars reference? It is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there were, it was uh, it was started by three guys. Um, one of them used to work for Lucasfilm. Okay. Oh, there's actually a story. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That was, was the story. But, I was um, just being a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, w- another one of the guys uh, was uh, one of the creators, I think, of the Force.net. Oh, nice. It was a Star Wars fan site. Yeah, if yeah. You're familiar. And so that so Red Five Comics came from from that. Oh, cool! Yeah, right on. So so Dead Palace got you in there, and you did uh, Butcher Queen. I've read both. I enjoyed both. Oh, cool! Thank you. Uh, and you know, you're doing a very different story from both. Now, I mean, I guess overtones of what you're doing in Dead Palace a little bit, but yeah, it, it, it it's is at much least different. in the genre. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, from what I've read so far, it's been different. We'll get into that in a minute. But, okay. Uh, yeah, that's what you're here to talk about mostly is the Atonement Bell coming up. Which is uh, available uh, soon, right? That's uh, yeah. Early... November 9th is when no, it comes yeah, out. Yeah, November 9th. So yeah. people can pre-order at, I assume, just at their comic book store of choice. Yeah, you can actually uh, pre-order at your uh, local comic shop, uh, wherever in this country, um, and I think in Europe, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. in Europe too, and um, yeah, all those places. Wherever you buy comics, you can pre-order it and. Nice. That's really cool. Because, uh, like, I, I I knew you long before you had a comic in every store in the country, and now you <laughs> do. That's just cool. Uh, which is kind of, like, you've... I don't know if you even know this about yourself. You you seem like the kind of guy who wouldn't. You've kind of become a St. Louis personality. Oh, have I really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and not, not like... In the way that, like, I, I, I will be talking to someone and like it organically i'll say oh my friend jim i don't know if you know him jim moosley and they'll go oh yeah i've met jim you know like you're 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 like if uh you're sort of like if if beetle bob was a good person <laughs> beetle bob i actually worked with him one time did you really we did uh we me and my friend oscar madrid did a fundraiser for a a film we were trying to get off the ground uh, well my advanced apologies for my oh, no, 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 no. Beetle bob. no you're right i mean he's he's 
he's crazy, you know. Sure. Uh, he's he's you know St. Louis loves his eccentrics, and uh, he's he's definitely one of them. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's he's an interesting guy. I I have so many friends who have stories of they're out late one night, they see him walking down the street. Yeah. They ask him if he wants a ride home. He says yes. They drive a little bit, and he says, "Just drop me off at this corner." And they drop him off at the corner, and he walks to wherever his house is. Yeah, it's like he's he's like Batman without uh, oh, any my... skills. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> to any... without helping anybody. <laughs> <Any> yeah, <useless. laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're you're uh, better than that. <laughs> you know, but I mean, you. I do sometimes like when I. I do feel like yeah, I'll be in a record store or something, and your name will come up, and I I, I feel like where six months to a year away from me being able to say your name and being escorted into like a clandestine room where I won't be able to remember what happened. Like, like I won't be allowed to remember what happened. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing. Yeah. I, I, it's it, it, probably good for you, but no, you that's funny. You're kind of known around town. That's kind of, I don't know if you know that about yourself. I don't know that about myself. All right. I, um, I basically, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a dad, um, I'm a husband, and you know, most of my life revolves around around that. Yeah. You know, so uh, my my you know my only hope with doing the the things that I do creatively is to make people happy and yeah. to take them away for a little bit. You know, sure. um, it, like you know my my goal in life. Aside from the the basic stuff, the important, the really important stuff is to leave behind as much fun stuff as I possibly can. Yeah, you know, um, and you're a creative person. I mean, sure. you know, you're you're leaving behind a lot of great stuff. Thank you. A lot of great music, a lot of great songs, and the the magic of that in this age that we live in, where we have technology to help us create these things, these tangible things. You know, is that you can make somebody happy long after you're gone. Yeah, and there's a there's a real magic to that. Yeah, and I never take that for granted. You know, that's great to say. I mean, I've I've said everything I've said up to this point. A little bit just kind of kidding you, but it's also just nice <laughs> to see a nice guy win. Oh. You know, and like because <laughs> that's that's just kind of that that's just kind of cool. And uh, uh, but we're we're here to talk about what you're currently doing and like yeah. the thing that you're kind of promoting the heaviest right now. You've got a, a few balls in the air, but the one that you seem to be you know juggling the hardest this is a bad metaphor the one that uh <laughs> the thing that you see the ball that's the most momentum. yeah yeah the yeah. largest of the three balls that you're <laughs> you're uh, uh currently <laughs> no really let's talk more about that yeah let's let's belabor this metaphor further you're currently uh promoting a new comic book that you're working on the atonement bell yeah uh which i've got the first issue of in fact i've got it sitting right here in front of me which is autographed in a beautiful gold sharpie <laughs> uh, I've read the first issue. I greatly enjoyed the first issue. I awesome. got to the end of the first issue, and I just said, I want to have Jim on the show and oh, just talk nice. about it, because I, I'm excited about it, and I want to tell other people about it, and this is a method I have of doing that. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to accidentally spoil anything about it. So tell me, what, how do you describe the plot to people? Well, I think when you read the first issue, um, even, even with that, it's impossible to spoil anything, because there's so yeah. much more coming you know um but basically it's about a uh, a boy named jake and his mother mm -hmm. 
Uh, he recently lost his father, so they drive into St. Louis to visit estranged family around the holidays, and they become pulled into St. Louis's biggest, uh, darkest secret, essentially. And that's, I've got like four or five log lines in my head, and I'm juggling, which one should I say to Derek? Sure. <laughs> but that's that's the easiest one, that's the simplest one. And um, yeah, I, I've, always, I've always loved uh, horror, that's yeah. my favorite genre, as you know. And um, I've always loved horror stories that take place around Christmas time. And this worked particularly well for this one because, you know, when it's Christmas time, it, for a lot of people, it's a season of joy and, and loving and, you know. Um, but for a lot of people, it's, it's a, a time of vulnerability yeah. on so many levels and loneliness. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and, and for other people, a time of reflection, because it's the end of the year and all this kind of stuff. Well, and in this story, uh, a time of mourning as yeah, well. So, yeah, yeah. That, and that hits a lot of people. Absolutely, yeah. And so I, I've, I've had this kind of um, in the back of my head for a while. Um, it was a, it, the germ of the idea started with a screenplay that I wrote called The Angels of Warwick. Okay. And I kind of wrote it just for myself. I mean, it's it was more like a tone poem than it was an actual clear story per se you know with a clear narrative structure and i just kind of got ah this isn't really working for me and you know it's good for me but it can't really translate to anybody else sure so i was thinking about uh my next comic project and i thought i should take another look at that and then a couple um real world um instances experiences kind of shaped it into what it is now hmm. and uh gave me a really nice you know, through line and a place to go. And I'm so happy with it. Okay. I mean, I know it's like, it's so corny to say the most recent thing is your best thing. I'm so proud of this whenever, but I really feel like um, from a writing perspective, I've really kind of pushed myself really hard and I feel like I've leveled up a little bit and that really makes me happy. And I'm 100% proud top to bottom of the way the series has turned out. Nice. So excited. I, uh, I mean, I've, read a lot of your stuff and I, I i i i like everything i've read awesome thank you this excited me in a way that i haven't been excited yet <laughs> yeah I, you know i think <laughs> so I, I think i think you nailed i think you did level up awesome yeah i mean i i really think that um i it, it's fun as you know yeah as a recording artist it's fun finishing something that you feel you can just stand on top of yeah and be really proud of yeah and like you really accomplished something you know yep that will communicate, and uh, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, nice. Uh, I mean, I want to get into just some of the story elements that I've seen so far that I don't think are spoilery. Okay. Uh, but or just, I mean, just some of the just some of the stuff I want to ask about it. I mean, yeah. Why St. Louis is the setting? I mean, your last project was in space across like multiple Earths, and yeah, you know, like it, yeah. It, it's. I don't think you could get farther away from that than urban St. Louis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, why St. Louis is the setting? Well, I love I love St. Louis. Sure, I, I love, mean I love our city. We're both from here. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah, I love I love our, our city. Um, but I I also feel like um, in narrative media we don't always get shown in the best light. Agreed. And and by that I mean <clears throat> we're <a> very <clears throat> excuse me a very culturally diverse city. Um, it, you know, it really is like. Um, the United Nations here. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, you've got, um, you know, 
white folks, you've got, you know, the African-American community, you've got Koreans, you've got Bosnians, you've got all kinds of people. I think, and we're, the, uh, I think we're the biggest population of Bosnian people outside of Bosnia. I think that's actually still true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they and actually the Bosnian community, um, when they came to St. Louis, they revitalized oh, absolutely. a big part of the city. Absolutely. You know, um, in the face of a lot of old school racism. Yep. You know, and to me, that's that's an aspect of St. Louis that you hear a lot about. And that's that's relevant, but there's so much more. Yeah. And I really wanted to do a story um, in St. Louis to mine all of those cultural um, delights, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways, while also talking about things in the city that, um, you know, you can't ignore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's actually, that leads into a question that kind of popped into mind. You're, uh, I, I think, again, I've read most of your stuff, and I think that, You've always done a fairly good job of uh, cultural representation without it becoming appropriation. Yeah. You know, uh, your main protagonists in this are black. Yeah. Uh, how confident were you writing that? Like, did you have to bounce that off anybody? Like, how, like, that's a good question. about that. Yeah. So I, um, it, at first it didn't cross my mind simply because when I was working on the book and the characters, you know, start talking to you and they're having conversations. When I would see them and I would hear them, they're African-American. Okay. Um, it, it wasn't meant to be, um, that aspect of it wasn't meant to make any kind of statement except this is who they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that led to other things. But yeah, after a while, especially in the past year, mm-hmm. year and a half, it's crossed my mind, but I, I, I do feel like if anybody has a question about it, um, I'll be happy to answer it. Sure. And if it's if anybody finds it offensive for whatever reason, they're free to not buy it. <laughs> yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Um, we were, I was in San Diego for uh, San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. This past July. Yeah, I want to hear all about that. <laughs> it was really it was really fun. Yeah. Um, but the the greatest thing was this is where Red Five did a special release of it. Like to get the buzz going for it and sure. stuff, and the uh, the best part was having all kinds of people like like they would buy it one day, and they would come back the next day and go, oh, I gotta wait till December for issue two. Oh, yeah, it's gonna drive me crazy. Yeah, what yeah. happens? And I said, I can't tell you. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> that's the thing that's made me chase trades more than issues. Yeah, I, I you know the I, the Netflix world that we live in now. I want to read the whole story. Right. And, yeah. So like I I. I'm loving this experience, but I I I, I want like book like nine. I like, yeah, <laughs> I like I like both. I do yeah. I do both now yeah. for the exact same reason. Sometimes I'll wait because it's like I'll just want to read, I want to read the whole thing, you yeah. know. But sometimes I enjoy that old fashioned serial, yeah, uh, cliffhanger thing where it's like, sure. oh, what happens next? And so yeah. Well, that's how I watch my Star Trek, but you know, yeah, <laughs> it right, is, yeah. I mean, it's it's a different thing. Like I could wait week to week, month to month is hard, you know. It but is. oh yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, you know. I mean, if it's worth it, it's worth it. You know, I think Hopefully. it's worth it. Um, one of the things, uh, one of the things that jumped out at me. I mean, it's it's a St. Louis story. I mean, I, I'm a little bit curious how much of the story being based in St. Louis is based on it, like actual fo- folklore of St. Louis. I mean, we've got our Lemp Mansion and stuff like that. I don't know how, if the, if any of that was informing you. Or... Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nope. All that stuff was Next made question. up. Next <laughs> question. All that stuff was made up, but it was inspired. Um, by by something uh and i guess i guess i can tell you um what it is um i don't want to be too much of a downer (laughs) it's okay but um there's a really good book out called um 
the the Broken Heart of America. I've seen it. I haven't read it. Yeah, and it's about um, uh, you know, our history of racism in this country and how a lot of it um kind of started here. Yeah, and there was a um, it, it's another one of those things that you you know you're not taught in school. I, I yeah. certainly wasn't taught about this. Um, yeah. there was a big uh, massacre, you know, in East St. Louis. Yeah, and it was it was horrible, and um, one of the tangential things um, that I read about it was the reaction to that event by um, evangelical Christians mm. you know and I and there was a a dichotomy there and a chasm between uh, what you know religion should represent and what we see in a lot of cases today yeah. And uh, so in, in a lot of ways, it kind of explores that a little bit, mm. you know. Um, of course, you know, I, I want it to be entertaining as well from, yeah. from a horror perspective and for a, uh, a reading perspective. But yeah. Those things were things that I definitely touched on. Okay. You know, yeah. and, and those were kind of like some touchstones for me. Yeah. That's actually kind of interesting. I, as you know, and as many people listening know, I've got a theological background. I mm-hmm. used to be a minister and uh, got out because uh, I, that's one of those loaded statements now. You say to someone, I used to be a minister, and they say, oh, what'd you do? You know, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I got out because it was it, the easiest way to lose your faith is to work for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, not that I've completely lost it, but you know what I mean. No, I know, and that's that's a good point. I mean, it's not... Once you get into the series and you 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 read it, it's not anti-religion at all. It just asks a lot of questions. You yeah, know, I questions are always good. Yeah, and one of the things that pointed me um, and sort of guided my way in formulating the story was I had I was seeing a lot of posts uh, on social media from folks I went to high school with. Sure, and I went to a, a Catholic uh, grade school and high school. Okay, I was I was actually hoping we talk about some of this because there's I mean, folks at at home probably need to know there's uh, some Catholic imagery creeping in. There's a you know yeah. a, there's a nun in the story that we meet. We we gather in in a uh, church uh, well uh, welcome center or basement or fellowship mm-hmm. hall I guess would be the word. Yep. In my tradition, fellowship hall. Right. Uh, which by the way, that's one of the things I want to say uh, before I get too deep into that. Uh, we uh, reading this book it. I mean, you're the writer of it, but the the look of it just feels like St. Louis. Yeah, that's Tyler B. Ruff. He's Tyler, my, okay. Yep, he's my co-creator, and he um, he has done an absolutely wonderful job capturing the the beauty and the the wonderful aesthetic of St. Louis. Yeah, I, and what I, makes it unique? I wanted to ask if the opening panels with the mom and her son driving through the city, if that's Old North. Because I just... <laughs> I believe so. I yeah. mean, he, he, he actually drove around St. Louis. He's from here as well. Sure. Um, but he drove around and, and took pictures yeah, and It, all it that feels stuff. like he did. I yeah. mean, he, he really pulled that. And, like, I feel like I've been in that church basement. I mean, the art is really great. He's and, a remarkable artist, yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I really had the sense, just reading the panels of the drive, they're like, oh, they can probably smell the BLT from Crown Candy. <laughs> like, that's... You know, yeah. It just felt yeah, that exactly. way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's... I, I I hope that's the compliment that it is to, in my head. Yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, but I, all that to say, yeah, I've got the theological background. I feel like, you know, and I, I see that in there. And I, you know, see, I, I'm not Catholic, but I wanted to kind of speak to, you know, sort of why that 
infiltrated the story because you have been. But yeah. uh, just, I mean, just the title alone, the word atonement is a very theological word uh, that a pastor friend of mine wants to wants to find as saying atonement de- describes itself. It's at one mint. Yeah, it's bringing, it's bringing someone that. into at one with Jesus. And right, like, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. I've always kind of had a fascination with the word atonement. So when it popped up on your next project, I was like, oh, I want to read that. Yeah, well, this, know, in, so. in, in this book, as you'll find out, the series, it's got a, a darker sure. uh, undertow to it, yeah, that word. I can already tell. I mean, the first few pages are clearly a ritual that, <laughs> yeah. that, is, uh, that needs a lot more information. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> you know. for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, and St. Louis is a very Irish Catholic city, right? Yeah. You know, so that um, that was one of the things that is explored and it's one of the, it's part of the fabric of what the story has to be. You yeah. Know? Um, and I, I grew up in that environment and um, so I, I, I really had a, a lot of experience to draw from. Yeah. You know, my family was Irish Catholic and, you know, the whole, the whole bit. Sure. Sure. The Polish ants with the big noses, you know, <laughs> talking in Polish about, about church and, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's, uh, I, you know, the, I mean, the St. Louis thing, I'm going to end up harping on that a lot because I love this town too. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, you've, yeah. you've, uh, I talked about the art just looks like St. Louis. You've got some good, uh, dialogue references to St. Louis. Uh, there's, and I, the, there's a little bit of a joke, so it's a little bit spoilery, but not really. Uh, like in the, some of the opening panels, they're talking about, uh, yeah, you know, there's Miles Davis and Tina Turner, whoever they are, you know? Yeah. And like, they're, you're just, you're. And like you mentioned, Gaslight Square in there, and you're just you're peppering in the St. Louis stuff in a way that I really appreciate, and oh, that cool. like yeah, someone well, from here is going to appreciate. And the and the kids, you know, when you're younger, you know, you you don't really appreciate that stuff right. as much. So it was important that they kind of say that stuff in, in a you know. I I I might have been forty before I realized that Miles Davis was like from here. I mean, it's from Alton, but yeah. I might have been forty before I knew that. Yeah, you know, and know. Alton counts as St. Louis. If you could, if you could drive to St. Louis in a day, you could say you're from St. Louis. I think, but uh, you know, but Alton's close. Uh, that's you know what, thirty miles north or something. Yeah, it's all it's all the St. Louis area, right? Yeah, no matter how far out you are. In, yeah. in the metro. But yeah, no, I, I appreciate the little things you're peppering in. I'm I'm just that's one of the things I'm enjoying about it is like okay, what what else are we going to mention? It, you know, it, it as someone who's older now, that that kind of stuff fascinates me. Yeah, I mean, just the idea that there was. In Gaslight Square, you get to walk down the street and see Miles Davis play over here, Igantino over here, yeah. Red Fox over here. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, yeah. what a time to be alive in that in that era. Yeah, yeah. You know? Just amazing. Uh, I, to me. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I walk down the I walk down the street on Del Mar and I see the Star Walk like anybody else and go, oh, I didn't know he was one of ours. You know, yeah, <laughs> and, right. You know, like St. Louis guy. I mean, that's, that, that's great about it. That's a thing that uh, we share with like New Jersey is we hear someone's name and go, that's St. Louis guy. <laughs> As a St. Louis guy, <laughs> yeah, they're from St. Louis. And people know that. that. I mean, like you know Chuck Berry, who's yeah. the king of rock and roll. Today, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I remember I was in a band that did a open for Chuck Berry. Yeah, at the Duck Room, and there were people there from like Germany mm-hmm. and France who traveled there to see this legend play in a basement. Yeah. So St. Louis is, you know, it's got a lot to offer. The thing that really makes me crazy is when somebody leaves St. Louis. Yeah. You know, and they. Uh, they, you know, something happens in St. Louis that's bad, and they say, "Come on, St. Louis," and it's like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, I, yeah, I, 
I have the duality of living in St. Louis and like stuff like that'll happen. And I'll go, I gotta get out of this town. But then, like, you know, someone will, you know, someone but else. But the good people have to stay. Right. People but like, like you have to stay. You well, know? thank you. But like, but like, I'll, I'll feel that way. But then I'll hear someone from Chicago say, oh, look what happened in St. Louis. And I'll be like, I bleed toasted ravioli. <laughs> and, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Like, you know, and I think from like, you know, Chicago, you, you know, you'd expect that. But sure. with Chicago, you'd always come back with something worse. You know? but the thing <laughs> yeah, that bothers I, me I is just like, arbitrarily said Chicago. That was not no, no, no. I know. But, uh, <laughs> I, for me, it bugs me when somebody who lived in St. Louis yeah. now lives elsewhere and yeah. they're looking down on St. Louis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. don't get me started. Yeah, or even and and I don't I, I I I'm aware of your situation. This isn't a shot at you. Even when somebody moves out of North County and is like, oh, th- this is why I moved out of NoCo, you know, like, eh, no, right, yeah. come on, yeah. you're, ba- NoCo made you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, you're, you you can leave NoCo, but you're always NoCo. Yeah, exactly, you know? I love talking about this stuff, uh, and and it's great that this is, I mean, I hope other people are going to have this conversation after reading your book, because it's, oh, it's yeah, I mean, kinda, that'd, be, that'd be great, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. lots of stuff, you know, if you want to learn a little more about St. Louis, at least you'll you'll find something here for sure. Yeah, you'll at least find references you may want to Google. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, and that's and that's actually a question I had is how, like, did that did that just kind of come organically as you were writing, or did you have to go? Oh, I just re- I I just recently listened to Ike and Tina, and Tina. I got to work them in. You know, like, was, or was it just kind of? Oh no, that was um, that was totally organic. Yeah. I mean, growing up here, <clears throat> excuse me, like I I met um, Ike Turner. Um, really. There was a, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with him, Oliver Sane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my friend Baby Al, uh, who no longer lives in St. Louis, but he's a, he's the bass player for um, Vanessa Williams. Okay, yeah. And um, he was kind of like my bass mentor when I was younger and trying to learn how to play and stuff. Sure, sure. But he would take me around to these people that he was doing sessions for. And uh, we went to Oliver Sane's house a couple times. And nice. He had the old board and all the old equipment still. Hmm. You know, still recording on that stuff. Hmm. And I knocked on the door one time to meet my friend Al there. And uh, Ike Turner answered the door. I said, I'm Ike Turner, nice to meet you. And I'm like, hey, I'm Jim. I'm not sure. I'm this. You know, but, you know. Right. So, yeah, it was, you know. So all that stuff. And, like, growing up, I would do. <laughs> That's um, such a weird experience, huh? It just a door opens and it's Ike Turner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The weirdness of it is not lost on me at all. No, yeah. I just want know. to spend some time thinking um, about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like, and when I was a kid, when I was growing up, I would do you know impressions and stuff, and sure, uh, I loved Sanford and Son so much. I yeah, still yeah. love the show. I yeah. had the show on DVD, um, but I would do you know Red Fox impersonations. So I, I was kind of like when I was a kid, I was kind of an old soul. Sure. You know, like I, I knew who Bea Lugosi was and yeah, Boris yeah. Karloff, and yeah. I knew who Tina Turner was. And, yeah. Um, and my parents obviously were at the age where they were listening to that kind of stuff. Sure. You know, 60s music, you know. Um, and so, yeah, that it was very organic. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so just right there, you didn't have to reach for it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah that's awesome. Because, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I... I, I think if, I mean, I don't write this kind of stuff. I write, you know, pop songs, you know, but <laughs> I, I think Good if ones. I were writing something, thank you. I think if I were writing something in prose or like, you know, whatever, I would like kind of go, oh, I have to work this in. And I would like look for the, you know, the space, that's, you know. That's a, probably a temptation, yeah. I'm sure. But um, it's got to, it just, for, I mean, for me, it's just got to happen. It has to happen organically. Yeah. Mostly because, it, so it'll be honest. And also because, so I enjoy it. Yeah. 
I, I'm glad that it kind of came organically for you in this story. I, I love that that's, that that's how it happened rather than, yeah, I really struggled to figure out where Gaslight Square was oh, yeah, no. in the story. You know? No, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I played a show in Gaslight Square. You know, that, that area now is kind of being built up a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty nice bit. now. A little bit. And there's a, like a theater there called Gaslight Square Theater. Yeah, that's right. And um, I've been there a couple times. And yeah, I mean, it, it's not hopping and right. insane with energy like it once was. Right. But uh, it, it's still, it's nice. Yeah. It's like everything in St. Louis. Yeah. Or maybe in every city where you'll go a couple blocks and it's really nice. Mm. You go another couple blocks, it's pretty bad. Yeah. A couple more blocks is great. Yeah. It's just like that mishmash of like different economic groups and yeah. cultures and whatever else. And where the city decides that their money ends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... Yep. I, uh, I've got a, I've got a friend who's a, a black guy who, uh, one year it snowed real bad and, uh, he just kind of said to me, you want to find out where the city knows the black people lives? Go out driving in the snow. Yeah. And I, I just kind of, I didn't understand that. And then I did it and I went, oh, it's not plowed here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I understand yeah. what he means now. Right. Yeah. You know, it's true. And so, yeah, that does exist in St. Louis. And it's hard to get around that. You know, it's a, if you talk about St. Louis, you got to talk about that a little bit. Oh, sure. I mean, the parts that we are, you know, taking pride in and trying to rebuild are really nice. And it's kind of nice that so many of those places aren't trying to get rid of the people that already live there. You know, yeah, of course. Uh, like there's, there seems to be a concerted effort to that now. Whereas like, I remember years ago, I think there was something called like the 2004 campaign or something like that. It was early 2000s. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they were trying to revitalize St. Louis by whatever year that was. Mm -hmm. And I just remember having the thought that, oh, that's not going to work. Gentrification's too long a process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that was the thought at the time. Just, okay, we've got to move the people who are there out of there so the white people will come back. Mm -hmm. But like, it seems like the town lately has kind of realized that's not the answer. We have to make right. it serviceable for the people who are here. You yeah. know, and that's I'm glad that that's that shift is a, happening. A more realistic approach. Yeah. And it's really easy to um you know, obviously the you know, when you watch the news or read the news, they're gonna report on the things uh by and large that are not working. Yeah. The, the they're gonna give you the bad news. And it's easy to get bogged down by that. Yeah. But you have to you have to go out in the real world. Yes. And you have to go out to the city. Yes. You've got to go out there and see these things and, and, and enjoy the delights that are there and come to a better understanding that, you know, it's not as bad yeah. as your friends tell you. Yeah. You know? Your friends who don't live there. <laughs> who never Mostly. go there. Yeah. Or who are afraid to go there. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and it's it's just so nice to see a shining a light on St. Louis in a way that's going to be in shops all over the all over the country and into Europe and that that's so nice to see the spotlight being you know I I think the best representation that we have so far is like maybe we're okay in planes trains and automobiles kind of <laughs> you know yeah better well, we're than not in, okay in vacation yeah, I was gonna say better than in the vacation movie you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah so my whole my my father's side of the family lives in eastern Kentucky sure and they we used to go down there every summer and it was like culture shock right because they didn't yeah. have any indoor plumbing they had wow. an outhouse okay. yeah all kinds of stuff like that but and they would never come up here and I remember they saw uh National Lampoon's vacation <laughs> And oh, they no. they really picture St. Louis as being that. Oh way. no, 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 no! You know, <laughs> yeah. what can you do? 
I mean, there are blocks, maybe, but the you go two blocks over and it's not that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we, as St. Louisans, we know that you don't want to get lost. Yeah, in right. In St. Louis. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. But that's that's a very small section of yeah, yeah. The, the scope of what the city and, really is. And no offense to East St. Louis in saying that. There are parts of East St. Louis that are that are beautiful and wonderful. But, yeah, I mean, there are just Where? streets you don't get. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, I was trying to turn it around. I was trying to turn it around and you just, you just screwed me over. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Now, there, there are parts of everywhere that are always redeemable. Of course, yeah. Uh, but, you know, you, there are also streets you don't go down and there are alleys best stayed out of. You that's know, anywhere, but, right? That's yeah, anywhere that's absolutely anywhere. But it's, it's just nice to see a positive light being sh- shined on St. Louis. Uh, getting kind of a little bit back to the story, uh, one of the things I really appreciated is that uh, I, 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 I liked that, I mean, it starts off with this kind of mysterious, cultic-looking ritual thing happening that we don't know anything about, yeah. and then mm-hmm. moves to a mom in her car. I, I, first of all, I just love the balance of that. We're like, here's the thing that is scary and <laughs> is going to catch your attention. You want to know more about, hey, we're going to sit in a car for a while. <laughs> Yeah, I love I've had, that. I've had uh, various people tell me that, and I'm, that really makes me happy because I like, <laughs> I really like when uh, sharp left turns happen like that when yeah. you're starting off a story, whether it's a book or a movie or whatever. Um, I, I just really enjoy that, and I, I really enjoyed writing that yeah. aspect of it. Yeah. Though, I was gonna say that that's one thing that I'm really happy with the book. You know, when you write a, a comic series. You know, you you want people to read the next one, so you yeah. you want something to happen at the end of each chapter that is um, kind of a, a cliffhanger and makes you think, "What the hell?" Yeah. And I'm really happy that this series really does that. Yeah, it did uh, it in the first uh, issue for sure. Just wait. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, how many issues are, are, are it's a four issue series? Four issue. Okay. Yeah, Red Five likes to work in the in the four issue area. Um, sometimes they do five or six. Yeah, I was got, can, you, can you convince them to do twelve? Because I, <laughs> well, I, re- I wish I could. Yeah, you know, the, I really want to live in the story for a year. I, I I wish I could do more, and I do have an idea for um, a second series, but it's you know when when you're not working for Marvel or DC, right? Um, it, it's really hard to financially do that. Yeah. And so they tend to stick to those small run. Yeah. The, the mini series. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. And I, I think. Whether or not I do a, like a second series, I'm really happy with um, how this book begins, where it goes, and where it ends. Okay, good. You know? Good. So. Uh, well, and four issues is manageable to yeah. like to the reader, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, because yeah. I may want to invest a year in it, but not everybody does. Yeah, you know, so like that's mm-hmm. that's a good manageable number, and uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I I was kind of leading somewhere with what I was saying that I didn't get to, and that's my okay. fault. What I meant to say was, uh, reading through it, one of the things that kind of occurred to me is, as I was reading it, I kind of forgot that it was a horror book for mm-hmm. a little while. Yeah. I, like, I kind of forgot that it wasn't just a family story. Uh, and yeah. then creepy stuff started happening. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, it's a horror book. Right. And, uh, like... You you really could have just written a family story, and I still would have been in on it. You know, like. Yeah. It, it, but and I think that that stays. I mean, it, sure. it definitely is a. It it really asks the question: How you know what? How far would you go to defend family, and how do you define family? Sure. Those are the two 
major themes in the in the series, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I I feel like you know with a lot of horror films. I mean, I like you know. You see my post. I, I don't have any taste in movies whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, the well, ones I that mean, I that, do like that, that depends on who on who your audience is. I mean, you know, sure. I yeah. mean, you're you're a Spengoolie guy. Oh yeah. And to people who love Spengoolie, you've got the perfect taste. You know, and to, <laughs> I, I, I I mean that better than it sounded. Uh, but like, no, to someone who but you know to well, someone like, who loves that genre, they want to pay attention to what you say. I like most of my stories that I that I do have a family element, yeah, to them, yeah, you know, on, on some level, and I feel like with a, a really good horror story, you, you you can't you can't ever buy into it just on concept. You have to really like the characters, yeah, and you have they have to kind of breathe and have a heartbeat a little bit, yeah. You have to to me, you have to establish that before you start really messing with them. I agree. I actually, uh, we all love, we look, we all love our Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't feel like the characters are, are developed well enough that I liked them right. before it all starts happening. I think yeah. that's a flaw of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, forgivable now, you know, when you look oh, yeah. back on, you know, just what the movie was at the time. But yeah. They, I mean, you have enough to go on and that they're, uh, they're sort of like innocent, fun-loving kids. Yeah, yeah, you get it. And then it. they get... Yeah. Trap, but yeah. yeah. Especially within the window of the time that it was released. People just knew, oh, I, I know people like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, going back to what I was saying, I, I said that you could have written just a simple family story and I still would have been in because it was that well-crafted. Thanks. Uh, I mean, you've written a little bit of stuff. Like like uh, the one that comes to mind is, uh, what was it, the Christmas Victrola that you wrote oh, a few yeah. years ago? That's my favorite. Yeah, you wrote a nice little kind of Christmassy story about a couple and music was involved. Yeah. You've put it out for free on uh, various sources before. If you Google Christmas Victrola, comma, Jim Oosley, you'll probably find it. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I love that story a lot. Oh, thank you. Uh, that, that one means a lot to me. Yeah, I, I, I really love that. I, I, I mean, that that's probably my favorite thing that you've done this is probably going to be a very close second uh, <laughs> just based on my reaction to the first issue but like have you considered walking around in that world a little bit more just your normal everyday family story world i have yeah i have thought about it it's there are a couple of book you know kind of book graphic novel ideas that i have um but i you know when when you when you're working with a publisher i try to think of yeah. something that um, you know, the idea is for people to, a lot of people to get it, as opposed to just a few people to get it. Sure. So I, I when working on stuff with for them, you know, I tend to go in that direction. Sure. But I try to do it in a way that feeds that part of myself that would do want to do something super personal. Yeah. Because this this series um, has that for me, you know. Yeah. I, I, obviously, I, I try to make it entertaining and, you know, all that stuff you know, to where you don't necessarily have to think about any of the real deep themes that are, that are kind of scurrying under the surface there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have had ideas like that. And um, it just, you know, it comes down to like, as you know, hours in the day, Yeah. you know, and, and, and the older you get, you know, for me, I think a lot about QTR, you know, yeah. quality time remaining. Yeah. Um, and just trying to pace yourself and, and being realistic with how much you could do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that's the reality of it for me right now. Yeah. And and probably until 
I'm gone. Sure. I'm sure. Yeah. You know? You do kind of start to think, okay, or at least I start to think, I don't want to put this on you. I start to think, if the album that I'm writing now is the last thing anybody hears from me, is that okay? Yeah. You know? <laughs> totally. And, that, and, I, and I think that's relevant, and I think it's good. I think it's healthy. Yeah. That's certainly the way I feel about Atomic Bell. Hmm. You know? Um, so I think that that's a good thing. You know, I think also, like, just talking about, you know, very personal stories and, you know, I, I think a lot of things that, like, make me, that kind of propel me is needing to get things off my chest. Yeah. You know? And that was part of this, too. Yeah. Um, I forget. We talked about uh, people I went to high school with and sure, some things they were sure. saying. I had lunch with one of them, and it was so... Uh, incredibly enlightening and discouraging <laughs> you know so it, i, I, know I what felt you like mean, yeah. oh gosh i've got to i've got to really purge this uh mm. and, and and make sense of it to myself and mm. you know so that that kind of helped me you know go forward a little bit really that's you know? interesting oh yeah so yeah. Uh, i i mean that is one of those things that I think when people read something that's horror or fantasy, they kind of forget that there's a personal element there for the person who wrote it. Mm -hmm. Like, this came from somewhere. Yeah. So I guess that leads me a little bit into wanting to talk about your process. Okay. Uh, which we've already touched on a little bit here and there, but uh, that, uh, yeah, I mean, you said it's in many ways a personal story for you, but, like, I... I I mean, I, I want to get into the nuts and bolts of that. Yeah. I mean, we don't necessarily have to go too deep on the personal end, but I want to get into, into the nuts and bolts of your process because I'm the kind of guy who I want to watch a documentary about the movie that I watched more than I want to watch the movie, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. like, I want to just talk to you about your process, and we'll get a little bit into the personal aspect of that, I'm sure. But one of the questions that jumped out at me is, like, the comic book medium... And there are four names on the cover of this thing. I mean, yours is one of them. You mentioned uh, the gentleman named Ruff. I see the name Sawyer on here, Ben Sawyer. I'm familiar with yep. him from your other projects. He's the colorist. Yeah. He's the colorist, okay. And uh, uh, who have we got? Dukeshire? Ed, Ed Dukeshire, yeah. Okay. He's the letterer. Yeah. Okay, he's and letterer. usually letterers okay. aren't... Sometimes they're put on the front cover. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of times I, they're not. But I, I wanted to put his name on the cover because he... Oh, was that your call? Yeah. Very cool move. Um, he's, uh, he's amazing. Yeah. He's a great letterer and you really, um, it's the first time, you know, when I work with Ben, Ben was incredible because he did everything. Yeah. You know, um, but this is the first time I've had to sort of like manage multiple people mm. on a project. I didn't realize you know? that was on you. That's interesting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, um, so and you're so, kind of also, uh, if this were TV, you're also the showrunner. Oh yeah, kind of. That's that's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and obviously, if Tyler has a question or a concern, we we talk about that and work that out, you know. Sure. But Ed is such a great letterer. He was actually recently nominated uh, for an Eisner for his nice. On two books. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry for his work on what? Um, two books, and I can't I can't remember which books they were. Which okay, series. sorry. I, I I when you said two books, I was talking, and I thought you said the name of something. Sorry oh no about no no! That. no. Didn't um, mean to put you on the spot. No, that's okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's he's great, and he he you really know a great letterer when you have one working on your book. Sure, you know, and uh, he's just done a fantastic job. And it's something that most readers probably wouldn't think about, or certainly the casual reader wouldn't yeah. think about. Yeah. But if you're a comic book fan, you you know. Oh yeah, I've and, seen uh, some some really bad lettering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it happens, and uh, it's an art. Yeah, know? and he's he's really good. Yeah. All right, awesome. That's that. I, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about was the other names on the cover because mm -hmm. I mean, 
we're sitting here talking to you, and uh, I mean, yeah, but there are there are three other names, and oh yeah, you know, those guys deserve credit too. Certainly, I'm sure you think the world of those guys. Oh, totally. Be on it's, your book. it's you know, comic book is a collaborative medium. Comic books are, yeah. and it's uh, it's never it's never a one man show. Yeah. Unless I mean, it can be sure. But uh, in this case, it's not. See now, now knowing more about uh, how much you kind of manage the whole thing of it, that that actually makes my first like process question. That's right. We're getting to my first process question. <laughs> that actually makes that uh, a little bit more poignant, I think, because uh, even with it being a collaborative project, the the comic book medium so much is told in picture, so much mm-hmm. is told in just sort of the atmosphere of it. Uh, my question is, like, reading this, I felt like I would, I would still want to read this if it were a novel. So my question is, do you write a prose version, or is it all kind of like panels and stick figures, like Harvey Picar used to do, or like? What, yeah, what's I, the I think everybody. There? I think everybody's got something probably a little bit different. Sure. What What I like to do is um, first be excited about a concept, something sure. conceptually, a story that you want to tell. And then I'll, I'll think about it, and then I'll start a basic outline for yeah. it. And if I know I'm writing like a four-issue series, I'll divide it up into four acts, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then once I have something simple down, I start with the ending hmm. and work my way back. Interesting. And once I do, because especially in, in horror books, because it's, yeah. it's kind of rare for a horror story to land an ending. Yeah. It really is. It just the yeah, nature no, of true. the... You know, you want to, you know, shock people. You want to take people to a certain place, get them out of their head. And sometimes you do that, and the cost of that sometimes, and, and the journey of that is not landing the ending. Yeah, you just walk you know? away. <laughs> yeah. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just yeah, walks yeah, away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or like Jim Jarmusch films, who's amazing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's more about the journey than the destination. But I like to have an ending yeah. that's satisfying. And so I start with that and I work my way back. And then once I have that... Um, I go through the outline and again and just detail it out, hmm. like with with dialogue, uh, descriptions, everything, like super detailed, like almost like a short story. Sure. And then um, once I'm satisfied with that, I show it to people um, to see if they want to work on it, or, you know, pitch it to them and stuff. Sure. And then I work on the script. And by well, the time actual, I work on the script, let, let me let me stop you. Yeah. What do you show to people? Um, is it an outline? Is it, you know, a paragraph? What? It just depends. Do you um, just get them in a room, hand them a cup of coffee and talk? No, <laughs> it's usually, um, it's happened in every way possible. Okay. So far. Um, um, in the case of Red 5, Ben actually gave them a copy of the Dead Palace. Sure. And they, they looked through it and they said, oh, I, I like this. I like that. And they, they will look and see if you can, uh, you know, structure a story, if you know about story structure and, sure. and things like that. And then... Um, Hero's journey and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, other times it's pitching somebody, like an elevator pitch kind of a thing. Sure. In the case of Tyler, um, I we were um, at side-by-side side at All-American Comics and Collectibles doing like a, a free comic book day signing. Okay. And... Um, he's shown me his. He's got a series called uh, The Unforgiven, okay, which is a long running series that he self publishes, and um, I like that. I like the themes in there, and I like the artwork, especially as the series went on. Because as the series went on, his artwork got just progressively, you know, cooler, sure, more exciting, you know. Sure. And so I, I pitched it to him, and uh, um, he liked it, um, nice. and that was over the phone. 
and oh, nice. I sent him the outline also. So it's like all kinds of different ways. Yeah, it but you definitely had an outline. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So you definitely yeah. had a firm outline. I don't feel confident unless I have an outline. Okay. Because it's like, well, I uh, there's too much uncertainty here. Hmm. How can I, you know, draw somebody else into it if I don't know what the hell's going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. Uh, you, I mean, you have written several different genres and that kind of thing. Uh, you tend to focus on horror. Uh, I mean, I know that you're just a big horror fan, uh, but I mean, what is it? Why horror? And and while you're doing that, also why specifically comics? You you could do anything. Why horror? Why comics? I love well, with comics, it's you know I, I growing up, um, and I don't know what it, what your story is too, because every artist or creative type has a story. Sure. You know, but for me, I always had trouble fitting in with, with everyone else. Yeah. So the things that really lit me up and made me happy that I found comfort in was like going to the comic shop and picking up a copy of Batman mm -hmm. or going to the movies and seeing Star Wars or mm -hmm. um, or uh, when the local theater troupe would come by our school and do a performance and, or a music, a song that I heard on the radio. Yeah. So when... I emotionally kind of gravitated to those things, different pieces of art. I also wanted to know how how they did it. Yeah. And if if it's making me if it's making me this happy, these things. Yeah. I wonder if I can make people happy with these things. That's what it is for me, honestly. And you know, th there are so many things that um, try and, and kill you and kill your spirit. Yeah. And there's a there's a really common phrase amongst comic book creators that said uh, uh that says the the comic comics will break your heart yeah the comic industry and it's so true yeah it's so true and uh there was a point early on uh before i i met tyler when i was first starting off with the atonement bell i had an artist it did not work out at all sure. and he I, he was paid a lot of money and then he left not even finishing the first issue and I, I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. Sure. I, I was like, and I, I was going to get out of comics altogether. Because this story means so much to you, and it's just not, yeah. And I, But I, I, I got myself together, I got on with it, and I was so happy. I'm so happy that I did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just on a personal level, from what I've read so far, I'm glad that you fought through that. Thank you. You know, because I, I know that's hard to fight through. Whatever heartbreak you went through leading up to this, you've released something that's going to mean something to people, man. Yeah, I, I hope so. And that, that makes me happy, yeah. honestly. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not in it for uh, anything else except for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, that, that's what it's all about, making people happy. Yeah. Or freaking them out. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, that's actually kind of interesting because you, I, I mean, um, I'm uh, I'm famously arachnophobic and uh, like I, I... Oh, God. You're, I know uh, what you're going to talk about. Yeah, your chapter in uh, The Dead Palace with the spiders. First thing I've read with spiders where I didn't stop reading. <laughs> that's uh, great. You know. <laughs> I, I, I was so... I love that little story. Sure. Um, it was fun to write a, a poem... A, a weird poem like that and have, have been 
Sawyer illustrated in such yeah. a great way. Yeah. You know, it was so it was so fun. Yeah. And reading that, and this is partly probably the, the arachnophobia. Actually, I've gotten through that, and I've gotten through the spider stage in the video game Ho Hollow Knight. <laughs> uh, those are the two spider things I've made it through. Yeah. Reading that, uh, this is maybe a little bit the arachnophobia, but I lost track of the fact that it was even a poem. Oh, and just wow. kind of got interested in what you were saying. Interesting. You know, and and to someone who's an arachnophobe, like I lost I lost sight of the structure and got interested in the thought. Huh. You know? That's, that's amazing. That was actually um that one in the very last story um uh about the military uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the New Orleans story. Yeah. Um that oddly I can't remember the title of right now. You can't um, either, but it, I didn't write it. there. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, those were like last minute additions to the book. Really? Well, I just wanted to add more to it and juice it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you putting out the promos, uh, like, and you mentioning there was a spider chapter and like you put out a piece of art of it. And I was like, I I'm going to read this for you. Like, I think I even commented that on something. Like, I've got to read this because I like you. <laughs> but like, I, know, I don't want you know to. what's funny? I like, I... I, I am so proud of that book. Yeah, I, the, the Dead Palace. Yeah. Um, and, that's and that's still in stores, like places, isn't it? I don't. I don't. I don't think it is anymore. Really? I okay. That's a shame. All that I know is that I've got I've got two copies of it left. Okay. I've got one yeah. here. So. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm I'm later this year. I'm going to put it on. Um, it'll be on Comicsology and. Okay. Uh, Global Comics for, okay. for digital download. Yeah, yeah. But um, it, it was kind of an expensive book. You know, but was I, it? Okay. Well, I, I, it kind of was because it's, um, it's, um, you know, little, little thick, and it's got like sure. the embossing on the cover and stuff. Sure. At some yeah, point, that's true. At some point, I'll, I'm sure I'll be able to do it again, just without all the the fanciness. Yeah, it's kind of a cheaper embossing. trade. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's maybe in the interest of full disclosure. Uh, checkmates at home. You can call them checkmates if you want to. Okay. That's their name, and nice. they know it. Hi, and, I'm, and I'm Uncle Derek to them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, uh, in the interest of disclosure, I should maybe say that like your last several projects I've contributed to the Kickstarter. So and I appreciate uh, I, it. I mean, that's that's how these things get off the ground. Sure, yeah. But that, that's just in the interest of disclosure. But also that means I have no idea what the Dead Palace cost, like in a store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you um... know? You said it was kind of an expensive project, so I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know that end of it. <laughs> I can't, I can't remember. No, that's Isn't fine. That funny? I can't remember. That's fine, but it's, uh, it just, you know, if anybody out there listening to this, if you can find a copy of that, it's worth your time. Uh, and, you know, if it's going to be digital soon, you'll be able to find a copy of that. Yeah, so and that's, cheaper. That's good news. And cheaper, <laughs> yeah, right. So that's, that's good news. Um, I, I felt like there was a flow to what we were talking about, and then I interrupted it. Uh, but that's okay. I, I have more questions. Um, I, I guess maybe let's, uh, well, you know what? We've been talking about uh, horror and kind of just your horror writing and that kind of stuff. Uh, do you write to scare yourself or does that ever just kind of happen? Or are you just looking to freak people out? Like you said before? No, I, it, it what those things that happen in the story have to ha they have to make narrative sense to me. Mm. You know what I mean? So, um, it's uh, it's it's really just making the next logical step to me to to get to the next place. Yeah. Um, I the things that maybe a better way to answer that is you know uh, things that I love about horror. I love the fact that when you write a horror, a lot of horror stories have a deeper not a deeper but a, an undercurrent um, that makes some sort of commentary on society or some you know 
any any of those things, Elsa Society, things we celebrate and why. Um, but I also like to have my buttons pushed. Yeah. You know, uh, I've seen a couple of movies lately that, that have really done that. And uh, I love it. Because I, when I walk out, I feel relieved mm-hmm. as well as being, you know, entertained, obviously. Sure. But I, I, I'm also an easy target. Like I, when, on the rare occasion where my wife and my oldest son go to the movies to see a horror movie, where they actually accompany me. Sure. They laugh at me because I'm always the jumper. Most <gasps> really. Oh, oh yeah. Really? I, I buy into it so much. Huh. I just get involved by it. I just totally buy into it. Huh. Because that's why I. You know, when you read a comic or a movie or whatever, I want to be taken away. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like an easy target. Yeah. I'm in there. Huh. That's interesting. And then you go home and write it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like to, um, I like discovering those horrific things. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so much fun. Hmm. Uh, and, I, you know, you, it, on some level, you want to write things that you want to read or see. And that's, that's part of the fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I guess I had it in my head that you go to a horror movie and you just kind of watch it as, like, as I would watch a documentary. Nope. You just kind of go, oh, interesting. Nope. But really, makes you jump. That's Oh, every time. Huh. Every time. I kind of love knowing that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I just imagine nothing, I, I imagine nothing scares Stephen King, you know? <laughs> I yeah. mean, who is probably the worst example I could have picked for that. <laughs> but like, or like, a, I, I imagine George but Romero you know, was nonplussed when he, you, but know? you know? like Stephen King will tweet about something that, you know, that he found. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah, that's so true. So it, it's, it just, it's just a matter of on what level you buy into the illusion. Yeah. And I yeah. buy into it completely every time. That's interesting. And even even having been in a couple horror movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and seeing how things are done. You yeah. Know, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, you've done some of that. That's something people at home might not know. You've got you've got this whole other thing that isn't just writing. You've done theater, you've done some uh, some movie acting, that, that kind of thing. You know what I did recently? What's that? Oh, well, actually almost a year ago now because it was back in November of last year, but I was in the music video. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was wild. talking about that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chad Crawford uh, Kinkle. Chad Kinkle Crawford? Chad Crawford Kinkle, I think is his name. He was the director of Jug Face, which is kind of a, a popular folk horror film. Sure. He directed a video for a band. Oh, I can't remember the name. Or, but it was it's a popular band. They're a signed national band. And um, I, I was in this video where I played a guy who did his wife wrong. Uh, she summoned some witches, and they chased me <laughs> in a car down an old dirt road and chased me into a lake where they stabbed me to death. And, I, and I'm in my underwear. <laughs> okay, I, I kind of remember this popping up, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was a lot of fun. Because uh, I always wanted, I, I liked Chad's films, so I thought, oh, this would be really cool to do something with them. Sure. You know, and I did, and it was, the whole thing was an adventure. That that's a whole other podcast. Just I'm talking sure, about yeah. that, that, making that video. I'm sure, and the, yeah. And the, what happened that night? But uh, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I like like I said before, it, if it's something that I think I, I want to know more about, or I think it's great, how do they do that? I would love to do something like that. You know, it's great to be able to do it. Yeah, and yeah. Because you, you know, you only live once, right? Yeah. So yeah. So for me, it's all about the adventure. Sure. You know, sure. so many of this of these things, it's all about like. You know what? What new experience? You know what will this new experience be like? Yeah. 
you know, I, I love it. That's probably to some degree why so many people I meet know who you are because you just kind of you just kind of dive into what you want to do, and people are like, "Yeah, I remember that guy." It's fun. <laughs> I saw you had the Boys with Scars CD. Yeah, I do. You saw that? I was I, yeah. I, I, that was supposed to be like this secret that was going to pull out at the end of the thing. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll we'll get to that, but yeah, I have that. Uh, uh, I, I have so many questions I wanted to get to before that. That's okay. <laughs> um, uh, but, I mean, do you want to talk about that now, or do you want to wait? Oh, whatever you want to do. Okay. I'm, I'm uh, easy like Sunday morning, as I, I said. <laughs> I, I have a couple of questions I want to get to before I get to Boys with Scarves. Uh, and so, listeners at home, there's a, there's a cliffhanger for you of sorts if you pause it right now. There's a cliffhanger. <laughs> We're going to talk about Boys with Scarves in a minute. Uh, before we get there. We're still on We're still on the Atonement Bell. We're still on your horror typewriting. Um, I had previously asked you if you write to scare yourself. You talked about, you know, th- th- your reactions to horror movies and that I, I said that made me happy. Um, <laughs> that, that's a summary of where we of where we were before we got to here. Uh, <laughs> one of the things I do want to ask you is something that, I mean, you've been on morning shows and stuff in the area, and I don't think I've heard anybody, because I've watched that stuff, I don't think I've heard anyone ask you this. Who are your influences as a writer? That's probably an easy question to answer as a musician. You yeah. can you know, you know can immediately go, oh, I'm a big Kiss fan, or a big, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Who yeah. are your influences as a writer? Who do you who do you read and think, oh, I'd love to do something like that? Um, I, well, I love uh, um, Scott Snyder. Mm, yeah. He's 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 one of my favorites, and uh, I I love his work because um, it it does it's it's it pushes your buttons sometimes, and it's it's yeah. fun, but it always has a heartbeat yeah. attached to it, which really uh, appeals to me. Scott Snyder, for those listening who might not know, uh, famously uh, incredible run on Batman. Uh, that's the one that jumps out at me. Uh, he's done a lot else, but that's that's the one that jumps out. At me. He did some of my favorite Batman mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, he did the whole Court of Owls run. And, yeah, Court of Owls. Uh, yeah. yeah, so many good things that I I can't think of right now. Yeah, Death of the Family was the next one I think in mm-hmm. that same yep. run. But yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, I love him. I love uh, James Tinian. Tinian. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know that. I, I I don't know how to pronounce that either. I don't to be know honest how to with you. his name. Yeah. yeah, I almost actually got to work on his razor blades. Wow. Thing, uh, which might still happen. I'm not sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, he's great. Um, and there's also like um, authors like there's like Clyde Barker stuff is Clyde so Barker. I used to read a lot like the uh, um, the uh, the uh, Hellbound Heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Novella, you know. Yeah. Um, Stephen King, everybody loves. Sure, Stephen everybody King. loves Stephen King. Yeah, um, yeah. but uh, like one of my favorite books is *Great Expectations* by John by uh by Charles Dickens. Yeah, sure. Um, I uh I, I like Dickens. I uh don't love I I I don't love parts of the I don't love yeah. some of the, the 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 Dickensian style because he will introduce a character that doesn't matter and spend a lot of time on it. Oh, yeah. And then it just yeah. goes and away. And he does that in Great Expectations yeah. as well. Yeah, great. I, and I, I, love... I, I love that story, Yeah, but I, I sort of don't love how he crafted I feel the same way about uh, Tolkien. Oh, yeah. Is that they're just... Like, Tom Bombadil does not matter in, in the story of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, like, Peter but Jackson was right not to put him there. Yeah. You know, but uh, sorry, everybody who's yelling at their uh, device of choice right now. 
But yeah, I I, I do love Great Expectations like, as a story. But A Christmas Carol. Yeah, A Christmas Perfect. I think it's like one of the, yeah. the greatest stories ever told. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, uh, a separate piece is one of my favorite books mm. that I read in school. Uh, that that is a book that the story that has always stayed with me. Yeah, um, by John Nels. So yeah. yeah, there's all kinds of weird little yeah, yeah all kinds like of stuff. anybody, you grab what you like from wherever you like it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, you talked a little about a little bit about how you got involved with Red Five Comics. Like it's it's just always cool for me and kind of thrilling uh, to see someone I know make something, and it looks and feels like the thing that it's supposed to look and feel like, mm. you know. And like you make comic books that look like comic books and feel like comic books, and it it's on the right paper, it's got the right gloss, oh, I hear it's you. got the right sheen, uh, you know, like. But, like, you're with, you know, a distribution company. You're with a company that has a national footprint. And to some extent, maybe global is saying too much, but a, multi, a multinational footprint. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that's cool and that's awesome. But, like, uh, so many people start doing their thing and it doesn't look like that. And it doesn't feel like that, mm-hmm. you know? But, like, what you're doing does. My question is, was there a time where you had to DIY it. And, like, what did that feel like? You know, and, like, how does it feel to be somewhere else now? I mean, With comics? With whatever, you know? I mean, I'm we're both musicians. If it's a CD, that's... If you handed people, you know, a Maxell mixtape, you know? Yeah, I... You know, it was always really important, even when I was in a, in a band called Maker, then Dire Maker, yeah. um, when we put out a cassette, it was really important to us to... Uh, find out how you made things look presentable. Yeah. Kind of the unusual thing. Whenever I, I would kind of dive into something, it was it was always important to dive into a pool with a lot of people who were really experienced. Yeah, who were who were way better, who knew way more. That's interesting. You know, and even though it's it's it could be scary to do that, it was important to do that just to get right there and, and kind of learn from the source, so to speak. You know sure. what I mean? So um, I didn't really have a, a thing where I did my own um, uh, DIY stuff. Like with comics, I, I worked with, I started off with Ink and Drink Comics. Sure. Uh, working with them and, and you learning the process with that and everything else. When Oscar and I, my buddy Oscar, who was a co-writer on Hooch and Dario and a couple other things, um, we we dove in and and asked people who were professionals and just dove in that way and you know what I mean so well I I do know what you mean but I also know how much time I spent going okay why doesn't this look right you know on stuff that I've worked on yeah so it's 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 but you I think but you do with your projects and correct me if I'm wrong but you do everything yeah you record it you produce it yeah you mix it you do the yeah. packaging everything yeah I I print the the covers yeah yeah. So that I didn't quite I've never had quite that experience. Hmm. You know. Except if you're talking about being a kid and like, you know, um I, I would do like I had like a puppet show I would do and a ventriloquist show. I think sure. I told you about this before. Yeah. And I would do my own flyers for that and yeah. you know, um like uh, you know uh, probably a handful of handbills for a mm-hmm. band you were in or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. That kind of stuff for sure. Yeah. I yeah. mean that you just print on whatever printer paper you have, I guess, but Yeah. Yeah. Or have, have or your Xerox. dad do it or whatever, yeah. yeah. But like, or uh, if I'm 
like a couple of times when I was doing my ventriloquist act and my, <laughs> my puppet show, I would uh, go to a convent, the one in uh, Cool Valley, the, the bigger one that used to be there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if it's sure. there Yeah, I, I don't know either. Um, yeah, but I, I would go there about. and I would do my puppet show, my ventriloquist thing, and then they would uh, serve ice cream and show a Shirley Temple movie. <laughs> There was, I know that's really weird, but yeah, that, ha- that that was a couple times I did that. That was a really interesting paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> it started with when I used to do my my ventriloquism show, <laughs> and ended with ice cream and Shirley Temple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how happy I am right now. <laughs> it was weird. I, it was, but I, it was fun. If you're, I mean, you know, even as a kid, it, I I was, you know really super introverted so much so that i would stutter mm. all that kind of stuff but i was also dude a, i still stutter you've been listening to it all night yeah no i i, I can't notice so you got a, a good handle on it oh, i'm sure you notice it yeah uh but uh, i'm definitely gonna notice it when i edit this <laughs> <laughs> but i i was always a a ham sure only wanting to be desperately to be a ham sure yeah you know, and perform and that's know. interesting yeah see because i i have sort of the opposite experience i mean you talked about you know, consulting with professionals. I absolutely didn't. I was like, okay, I have to make this work and I have to figure out how this works. I don't know who to ask about this, so I just have to make it work. I have to force it through. I had that experience. You talk about being a ham. I was so shy. Like, to this day, I'm. you might not know it talking to me even right now. I'm very shy. I don't like... like I. You just open up around friends. That that, and, like, I have to... I have to psych myself up to go to a record store. Like, I have to do mental preparation to go someplace that I love. Yeah. You know, just to kind of, like... I understand it. Yeah, it's not my experience, but I I totally understand it. Working, yeah, working in... in, Even working in an office, like, I... uh, The the cats that I have have been a godsend in that way because I have to get up early to feed them. So I have a little bit more time to mentally prepare for I'm going to be around people all day. Yeah, you know, like I've I've been very shy in that way. So you you saying, well, I've always been a ham, and I've I you know I've. But it's a different kind of it's a different kind of energy, you know. Like I know. Yeah, that yeah, it's I, it, I... it's an energy that interests me on your end. Well, it's like I like uh my my buddy Chris said that um I did a signing for I think the first or second Butcher Queen series at, sure. at Wizard Wagon, and I was like talking to people and blah blah blah, doing this, being super social, and then at the end of it, I just sort of like. I just gotta go. I guess gotta, you know. Yeah. I just kind of deflate. And yeah. my friend said, "You, you use your energy really well, but you, you definitely use it all." Yeah. Well, you know I, what I mean, I, I've had people say the same thing to me. Actually, okay. Yeah. That, like, yeah. I, I've, I've said to people, you know, I'm, I'm really an introvert. It's hard for me to be around groups of people. And I've, I, I had a roommate for several years, uh, who is now not my roommate. But I, I said that to him one time. He said, you know. When you're around other people, no one would ever guess that. Because you you just... But, like, he saw me come home, and he saw me sit down on the couch and just, like, fall asleep watching Batman or whatever. Yeah. He was like... But, like, he was like, I, I totally see that living with you. I would not know that if I just met you somewhere. Yeah. You know? So, like, it's... it's and, but it's also... It's also really difficult because... Yeah. When, like, if you if you... If you're a creative person that put stuff out mm-hmm. you have to promote it you yeah. have to go out and tell people it's, so it's hard. there that's so hard it's, it's 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 a lot of work yeah well and it's not only is it a lot of work i have the personality that like i pop my stuff into my facebook posts or my tweets or whatever and like i kind of feel like i bet people hate this 
I bet people hate how much I'm saying, please listen to my album. Oh. You know? Or do, or read I mean, my thing or yeah, whatever. But as you know, you really have to let that go. Yeah, I know. But it's just so hard for me to do. Yeah. But at the same time, I look at how much you promote stuff, and I go, oh, I really want to read Jim's thing. Oh, that's cool. You I know? Mean, that's what, <laughs> yeah, I try not to be like, you know, just do that. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, I, yeah. I think it's good if you... Yeah, I think you found the balance. Mix it up a little bit, you know? Yeah, I think you found the balance. I There's some well, people who are amazing at it, though. Yeah, I, I know. Mean. I... I, I I'm at the place where, like, if I post more than once on Facebook with anything, if it's just a status or if it's promoting something, whatever it is, if I post more than once a day, I feel like I'm inundating people and I'm in their way, you know? <laughs> so, like, when I have to promote something, I've, I've, I've got a, I, I haven't said this to a lot of people, I've got an album I'm going to put out in 2023. It's not done yet. I think I, did you tweet that? Probably. Yeah, okay, I yeah. think recently. Yep. Uh, I've got an album that I'm I'm really happy with how it's coming together. It's a different side of myself. I'm really excited about yes. it. I am already dreading having to talk about it on social media. Yeah. And like especially on Facebook. For me, when I when I have to do it, it's almost like an out of body experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about two friends talking. Sure. On your podcast, but I'm talking about like, like if I'm doing like a. Um, Someone I don't know if I'm doing their podcast or if I'm on like a, a like a TV thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just sort of like, just not that it's on autopilot because I'm being sincere, but it's almost like uh, it's hard to explain. Never mind. Well, you're in the. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I I think I know what you mean. You're in the room, but you're not controlling the moment. Yeah. And like someone else is asking the questions, and you're just there to experience it. Kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. And I yeah. I know that feel. Like, I, I watched your appearance on the morning show that you did recently, whatever that was. I followed a YouTube link or something. Mm. Uh, I uh, My apologies for not knowing what that was. that like a that's Fox a, thing? Fox, what was two, that? Fox, Fox 2. Fox 2 now morning show. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I, I thought it was a Fox thing, but I didn't want to say it. Local I didn't Fox. Want to be wrong. Yeah, local Fox. That's, a, that's important to say, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that's very important. There's a big distinction there. Uh, yeah, I, I watched that, and I kind of I went, oh, that's my friend Jim, and, you know, watched and you seemed like you, but it was also you that I haven't talked to, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, this is the gym that is promoting his thing on it's a show. It's always weird, because it's always like, you've got five minutes, Yeah, you're live to air, Yeah, and like like in that example, they, the producer gave me a list of uh, like a questions, five bullet points yeah, that yeah. he wants to hit. Yeah. They used none of them. Of course. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but there's also fun. It's fun that it's live. Like, I remember when I would go on, on Fox 2 or, or whatever with a band, to promote some charity thing that like yeah, yeah. Ben was playing or whatever. And it's so fun like being live on the air because yeah. if if you mess up, you know, it's such a big deal that like it's not a big deal. Yeah. You know what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. So I it's kind of yeah. fun like th- being in that mindset. Yeah. Like when I when I was doing the Smoking Monkey show, we did Star Trek Live. Yeah. Smoking Monkey uh Magic that, Smoking Monkey Theater. It's, uh, yeah. it's like the bastard offshoot of St. Louis Shakespeare that you yes. like late night theater, cult movies and you know. Just for those adaptations. who don't know, it's a local theater company. Yeah. Yeah. And uh when Kirkwood had the captain's log thing, he would walk out in front of the stage or in the center of the audience. Yeah. And a spotlight would come on Kirk, me, yeah. and I would say my captain's log. Well one night that happened it was a sold-out audience, and I didn't know where the hell it was. <laughs> I didn't remember my lines. I didn't remember anything. I didn't remember where I was at the show. So I just sort of like, just started talking off the top of my head, and then got back on track, and then, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. 
That's uh, I, I, one of my favorite memories of you. It, it's such a small aside, but like uh, we went to a record store day together at Vintage Vinyl, and uh, my uh, my text message sound to this day and back then was the original communicator sound from the <laughs> the, the Star Trek original series. Yeah, it was the the kind of bird chirp. Oh yeah, and uh, that went off in my pocket, and you said. Was that just did you did your phone just make a Star Trek sound? And I said, yeah, yeah, that's my because like we're walking around with communicators in our po- so that's my text yeah. message sound. And he said, okay, I'm currently playing Kirk <laughs> in in a Smoking Monkey pr- production. I thought I was going crazy for a second. <laughs> like, no, 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 it's that's me. Like, yeah. okay, I, it, 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 and you yeah. even said if I just start talking like William Shatner, <laughs> just ignore it. And yeah. like, it's like one of my favorite memories. That of That was you. the thing of that show. Yeah, and we were yeah. performing right down the street. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm just, I'm a huge Trekkie and always have been. And yeah, yeah, so like I, I just, I, I love that you've done that. You know, and that was so fun. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so yeah. Fun. One of the other things I wanted to ask you, uh, it's. We're, we've been talking about the Atonement Bell, or we were talking about the Atonement Bell six hours ago, uh, <laughs> but we've been talking about the Atonement Bell and been talking about your process on that. The thing that I want to ask you is, uh, and you can talk about this, I, I know that this is a question that could easily get into spoiler territory, so if you need to take this into other parts of your writing career, that's fine. Okay. But this or other things... What are the parts or element of this story or your writing that are 100% Jim? Like, what what are the are the things that you want people to read and think about and look at, and you want them to hear your heart? Oh gosh. Um, well, you know, because honestly, I you know, I I I'm not as prolific as I would like to be. But I, I, I think pro- if like if I had to pick one story, probably Christmas Victrola. Really? Yeah. Um, sure. That's one. But I really feel like in the series that I've done so far, the you know Butcher Queen, the you know Black Star City, yeah, Planet of the Dead, and this one, um, they've all got pieces of me that are to to me really um, that really exemplify. Or illustrate how I feel and what I want the audience to feel. Sure. What the things that are important to me. Sure. And it goes back to what I was saying before about uh, about uh, family and what what that means, the good and the bad, and making the world a better place. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that as some kind of like a Miss America. I know that sounds like a Miss America <laughs> answer, but you know that you know if if you put art out in the world if you create stuff and put into the world to me it's got to have a positive message yeah um whether it's wrapped in a a horror story or you know if it just makes people feel good yeah that's that's me so if i had one story probably the christmas victrola but you know there's there's other stories that i love Sure. That I love. It sounds egotistical, but that I'm really proud of. Um, that I would like people to, yeah, remember. Is there like an overarching theme to what you do? Is it just you know you want people to have fun? Is is that is that it? Or no, I I think it, it just depends. Yeah. Like if it if it's if it's music or if it's the comic book stuff, mm-hmm. um, I think it's the idea that 
we should ideally be equal. Yeah. We sh- we all should have sharing the same rights to yeah. be here and, and what that entails. Yeah. And redefining what that means. And sometimes that means redefining what family is. Yeah. You know, um, that's important to me. If it's something else, it could be like boys with scars. It's just to make people laugh and make them, yeah. just give them a, a laugh, yeah. you know. Sometimes whatever. it's fun. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes yeah, it's, yeah. it's all that stuff. And that's, yeah. that's life. Yeah. 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 All that stuff. You, you have more than one chamber to your heart is what I'm hearing. Well, yeah. And I, I think it's, if you're a creative person that you've, you've, you've got to really be in touch with all those things. Yeah. If, well, and if speaking of, speaking of being a creative person, you, you're also still, you've got a foot in the music world still. Uh, are you, are you still like, are you still doing stuff that might, that people might hear musically? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're trying. So I, I had a, a, we got a reunion together of a band called Bonehouse, which is a band I was in years and years ago. Yeah. And, uh, we did a reunion show and, uh, that was really fun. So we did some more shows and then it kind of petered out, but we started recording and we may release it under a different name. Sure. Possibly. But what I'm actively working on musically right now, actively in in you know in quotes, is a a Christmas album for next year. Nice. With a couple of buddies of mine, one of whom is Rich Goodman. I was gonna say, is that the who thing? you know? Yeah, yeah. We both know a guy named Rich Goodman, and mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah, it's been a while for me with Rich. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, he's 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 so great, and uh, we we wrote some originals yeah. separately and nice. together, and uh, I've always wanted to do it. Yeah. And uh, it's it's gonna be really fun. Well, we've alluded to it a little bit, and uh, I was going to do this as a big reveal, but you already saw it. Uh, <laughs> Boys with scarves. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I want to hit you with just a couple of words, just two words, <laughs> okay. and then I'll let you go. Explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean... Because I've listened to it. Folks at home, Boys With Scarves is a comedy album that Jim is on with uh, uh, three other gentlemen and I think a handful of other folks uh, in in the liner notes. It's a comedy album. There's uh, a handful of music really just on the intro and outro track. And it's a comedy album of like sketch comedy little bits and... Well, we... This was... So, remember I I was just saying that I I like to do projects with my friends and everything else. And so... When the pandemic happened and lockdown happened, I, uh, like like you, like everybody else who, who makes stuff, I was getting restless, so I did that, yeah. that silly haiku book. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love I started, that, by the way. I've, oh. I, I, I might be your friend who's read all of that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend of mine, the, the coolest thing about that that I've heard is that a friend of mine, Julia Layton, who's on that on the record, actually, on Boys sure. with Scarves, okay. she had a friend pass away. And they're all at the house afterwards with a bunch of their friends. And she brought the book with her. And they, they were reading through it and passing it around. And people laughed. And it made people, people feel better. And so it was just nice. like, that was so nice. Nice. Um, but so Boys With Scars was another lockdown project. Um, Oscar and Oscar Madrid and, and Chris Anich. Um, both friends of mine from old theater days. And sure. we did Hooch and Daddy-O together. Sure. Um, and Grant was sort of on the periphery, but uh, they would come over my house and we would write sketches. And I, I, I always wanted to do a sketch comedy record because growing up, I would listen to sketch comedy records like, you know, Firesign Theater and yeah. uh, Cheech and Chong. I was sure. in Ferguson, so I heard Cheech and Chong 
a lot. Yeah. Um, and so Same. I always wanted to do one, and people don't really seem like, like they do them anymore. Yeah. And so um, I thought, well, we should just try it. We should just do it, you know? Yeah. And uh, we, we did, and we wrote, like, we wrote 20 sketches. We wow. picked, like, 12 to record, or sure. 15 to record, something. I forgot. And then we picked that, that amount for the album. The idio, the, uh, the shanty, the tick, tick, boom, Michael yeah, Bay, yeah, yeah. that was a late, that was after we recorded, I felt yeah. like it needed something in the middle. Okay. You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, there, it's it's totally I, I, juvenile. I, I, you know, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's not uh, sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, part of what I love listening to it is every now and again, uh, you do various voice work on it, and there I, I have fun. Yeah, there there are points where I, where I kind of went, oh, that's Jim. You know, listening to it, and there are points where I went, "Is that Jim?" <laughs> but I kind of I, I looked through the liner notes and saw where you were credited as the writer, and uh, like I had that I had that moment of going, "Oh, Jim's a little bit more fucked up than I realized <laughs> on a couple of things." Uh, oh yeah, but like in in a good way because it was still making me laugh, you know. <laughs> but uh, it was so it was so fun to do, and we're yeah. actually going to be doing a second one. Are you really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it was just fun. Yeah. Just try to put some fun out there, you yeah. know. Uh, and I, I mean it's 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 not for everybody. No. I mean, yeah, there there's <laughs> no. there's material on there that I mean, there's material on there that people would consider offensive, you yeah. know. There are moments listening to this around the house where I was like, I think I need to get the cats out of the room. They're not ready for this. <laughs> They're not even a year old yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean my you know, you, you know Comedy, I think, is a lot like horror. Yeah, you know, in a lot of ways, because yeah, that's you're you're yeah. you're pushing buttons a little bit, and it's also so subjective. Yeah, you know, um, not everybody thinks the same things are scary. Not everybody thinks the same things are funny. Yeah, you know, so you never know. And our attitude was, we're we're gonna do what makes each other laugh. Yeah, and we recorded it, and you know, yeah, absolutely, for better or for worse, absolutely. I I had a fun experience. Uh, you know what? I'm not gonna. I will say that I know for sure that this is available at Vintage Vinyl here in St. Louis. It's available at uh, Planet Score. Yep. Uh, I think probably other places. I was in a record store. I won't say which one because I don't want to, you know, whatever. But yeah. uh, I was in a record store and I was looking for it because I knew it was out. And I was like, yeah, I saw it at Vintage the other day and I didn't pick it up because I had so much other stuff in my hands. I thought, you know what? I'm I'm going to buy it, but not today. Uh, which is a horrible thing to hear as a creator. It's like, no, I didn't no, buy I, it that day. No, no, I, but, <laughs> I do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just knew I wasn't buying it that day. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to be at such and such record store on Friday and I'll pick it up then. Yeah. I went to that record store and I was having trouble finding it. So I walked up to the uh, young lady behind the counter and said, Hey, I've got a weird friend who put out <laughs> a comedy record, and I think you probably have it here, but I'm not finding it. Uh, it's called Boys with Scarves. And she said, Say again? <laughs> and I said, And like there was another guy there on a different computer, and he was like, Yeah, what are you talking about? And I said, It's called Boys with Scarves. And this is one of the uh, situations where I said, my, friend's, uh, my friend who's in it is named Jim Moosley. And one of them went, Oh, I know who that is. <laughs> but like they didn't have the CD but no. they didn't have the CD it's only available at two stores right now okay so Vintage and Planet Score then 
That, and yeah, and that's purely because of like laziness. Yeah, sure, I get it. Okay, so I was at I was at the other main name local one. Yeah, I'll say it. I was at Euclid Records. Oh, okay, and yeah. I was talking to them there. I had to get it there. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to them there, and they didn't have it. But what the joy that I had was, I said, "I'm looking for this record." And the young lady behind the counter and the guy at the counter behind her said, well, uh, let's look it up and see if we can find it. So they're both Googling boys with scarves. Yeah. And they both <laughs> just start laughing. And, and one of them says, we don't have it, but I love the images that this is pulling up. <laughs> and I said, yeah, now you see why I asked someone else to Google it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I had, I had the lovely experience of trying to describe this to someone that's else. So funny. We have to get it there. That's yeah, the yeah, yeah. I, I love Euclid. That's, that's kind of my go-to. I work yeah, within a mile of oh, there. Cool. So okay. that's, that's kind of my go-to record. So I love Vin. I love Planet Score. Those are both great places yeah. to go there all the time. My default is Euclid because they're okay. right there. Cool. It's 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 a fun record. Again, it's not for everybody. Be a grown up. Yeah, if you're going to listen to it, do not play it for your kids. No. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and not. I've got to say, I had a like the intro song, the Boys with Scarves song, uh, does not set you up for what's coming. Because, like, I heard the intro song and thought, oh, this will be kind of lighthearted and fun. And I was like, oh, this is really dark and fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hopefully, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's the way we joke around with each other, you know? Yeah. And uh, it, it's... Not a lot of people have the bravery to record that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I know that came across. I meant that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, it was so fun, though. We had fun doing it, and I hope we can, you know, get in there soon and do another one. Yeah, because these guys are my dear friends, and I love, I love doing this with them. I'm so glad that we did it. Yeah, I mean, sketch comedy records, uh, you know, I, who who knows how, how that is will be received. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? it's but a niche market. The people that have the picked it up have enjoyed it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, so that's that's all you all you can really ask for. Yeah, it's gonna start with your friends, and your friends are gonna like say to somebody, "Hey, listen to this." You'll find this funny. And that's the great thing about technology now, and, you know, and, and things like streaming and downloading yeah. tracks is that you could put it everywhere and anybody, yeah. anybody can buy it. Yeah, I saw, to, uh, I think today that you posted that it's on Bandcamp. Yeah, it came uh, out on Bandcamp Yeah, today. what's uh, what's the web address on that? That just boyswithscarves.bandcamp.something? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you go yeah. on there and search Boys With Scarves. Yeah, you'll find it. I'm reasonably sure we're the only ones on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you and some other guy who you don't want to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're doing like, you know, death metal and yeah, yeah. Belgium. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But yeah, no, it's 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 a fun release. It's one of those things that I picked up because I knew you, and then I listened to it. But okay, this and then is, you were sad. <laughs> no, I genuinely listened to it and went, "Oh, I I still would have laughed at this if I didn't know him." Oh, nice. That's you know, because cool. like, that's that's, cool. like I I I listened to it and again there were the moments that jumped out that I went, "Oh, that's Jim." You know, talking. I I recognize his voice guy, even though he's doing voice work. I can kind of hear. That's my that's my. Like I, I had so much fun doing that. Yeah. My favorite voice that I do is a little um, janitor oh, uh, sure. lady, who is in the um, uh, Bachelor's Cove sketch. She comes oh, okay. in about the, the. Oh, that was you. The big yeah, it was me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. That one that one slipped past me. Oh, okay. Uh, nice. Which is nice. Uh, I know voice work is hard. 
but yeah, no, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I, cool. the, you know, the cover is fun. The idea is fun. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I just one day in my Facebook, it popped up. Would you like to, uh, like and follow boys with scarves? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and then I looked at like, oh, Jim's involved. And then yeah, just okay. a non sequitur. It's like, you know, the Marx Brothers and Duck Soup. That was kind of the, the modus operandi there was thinking of a name and yeah. what you're doing. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, yeah, I, I just, I, I, just based on Facebook, I kind of loved that, like, oh, they're calling themselves boys with scarves. That's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, being that we're all, you know, middle-aged men. Right. Or older. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's got, it's got a really charming veneer that hides something that is uh, a little less charming. <laughs> <laughs> That I really enjoy. She used that quote. Oh, God, I gotta remember that. That's that's great. <laughs> for you know marketing this. Well, it'll it'll come out on the thing. podcast. Yeah. You can just you can jot it down then. Uh, we've just got a couple more questions to kind of uh, wrap up, and one of them is uh, just uh, we've talked a lot about what you're doing and a lot of just sort of what's been behind that. Uh, what are you listening to, watching, reading right now that you're loving? Like, we're getting toward the end of the year. Do you have something that's like a, a top five contender for the year or anything like that? Or I, or just or just anything that you're kind of taking you know on right now, even if it's old? I Yeah, I the past two or three years, I've stopped doing like a top five list of new music because I find myself more and more going back to older stuff. Sure. Older things that I liked. Um. But uh, Brother Tiger is one that I love okay. a lot. Um, love him, his music. Um, uh, Rediscovering the Sundays. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw you post about that the other yep. day. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit un- under familiar. Okay. Yeah, they're they're great. Um, only had three records, and they called it a day. But those three records are really outstanding. Yeah. That's you know? that's that, that's the way to do it. I feel like. What else? Um, Ghost, I like a lot. Yeah, yeah, they're, you're they're, they're a, a fun ghost band. person. Yeah, um, I know your wife's super into Ghost. Well, we were really into Ghost, and she was like, "Oh, why are you going to see them? That's so silly." <laughs> and that we took her to see them at the American, uh, the Staffel Theater. Yeah, yeah. She became a mega fan, and now she kicks herself for not seeing them when they were less popular at the yeah. pageant. You know? Yeah, But now she's like a oh, total mega fan. Yeah, yeah. That I, um, I'm a big Sting fan. Yeah, yeah. As you know, so I like his his latest one is really great. Yeah. Um, Kiss fan, so I've been really enjoying their uh, from the Soundboard series. Yeah, yeah, they've been really vinyl. Because yeah. um, I, I, to me, they've always been more of a live band. Yeah, yeah. Um, How much of that are you? I mean, are they releasing every show? Or are you? Getting... Oh no, no, no. There's just like certain shows. Like okay. the most recent one's my favorite, and that's from Des Moines, Iowa, in like 1977. Nice on the. What tour would that be? Oh, so they're doing archival yeah, stuff. Tour. I misunderstood what it was. Yeah, I I lean into Kiss, but I just lean in. You yeah, know, yeah, I'm, I get I'm that. surface level. Yeah. Uh, so I, I misunderstood. I I assumed that that was they were releasing like the shows that they're doing currently. You know. No, no, no. This is like from different eras and that's stuff. That's interesting. So it's kind of cool. That, yeah, I might explore that later. That's interesting. Uh, TV wise. Only Murders yeah, TV in the Building. Or movies or, huh? Only Murders in the Building. I love that show. I haven't watched that yet. It's been on my list forever. That's really fun. Yeah, so I, well I love those guys, but uh, yeah, I haven't watched that yet. Gosh, what else? The Star Wars shows. Sure. Yeah, I'm, Star Trek. I, yeah, I, I'm... <laughs> Some things don't change. <laughs> I'm working my way through the Star Trek right now. Star Wars, I have a complicated relationship with in yeah. that I, uh, you're ready, you're ready be, to be sick. I haven't watched uh, anything after the prequels. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't seen any of the new stuff. 
Because what happened was I had a friend that I regularly saw movies with. Uh-huh. And, like, uh, it was taken as read that we were going to see the new Star Wars movie was. the uh, or, or Force Awakens. Yeah, the, Force. The sequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Force uh, reinvents itself, whatever yeah. that was. Yeah. We were going to see that together. That was just taken as read. But we were also arguing a lot of the time. <laughs> and had like a split between us a little bit. Oh. So like I came that never to happened. Yeah, yeah. So like it came to the time to see that movie and I found out that there wasn't a ticket for me. And uh, and like I kind of called him on it. I was like, "Hey, why why is there not a ticket for me?" He's like, "Oh, sorry, man. I didn't mean to do that to you." He totally meant to do that to me. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, sorry, man. I didn't mean to do that to you. I'd be glad to see it with you later." I was like, "That's not the same." You know, <laughs> and like I was mad about it because, yeah. you know, I'm a child. <laughs> and uh, and I just I didn't see the movie with him, so I didn't see the movie, and then I just kept not seeing the movie, and like it's not that I don't want to see the movie or don't want to see the movies, yeah. But now it's like a thing, like now I'm your friend who hasn't seen Star Wars, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, they're good. They're fun. I, my favorite one out of the trilogy is the Last Jedi. A lot of people have said the, that to me actually. That is the second one. Yeah. 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 Which is very divisive. Some people. Hate it. Yeah, uh, well, and uh, it's the most divisive one. And maybe all the, the I mean, the, the the worst example of you know any fandom is the fans. So I, it's hard yeah. to you know, it's hard yeah. to know who to believe. But uh, I mean, what's going to happen to me is one weekend I'm like on a Friday, I'm going to be drunk, and I'm going to start watching Star Wars, and I'm going to watch all of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and yeah. like I've I've got to be three years, three to five years late of saying, hey. Like Baby Yoda, and uh, is, does anyone want to talk about that? <laughs> right. And everyone's gonna be like, "No, we're, <laughs> we're over it, man. We're way past Get Baby Yoda." And like Baby Yoda is a teenager. What do you, you know, <laughs> yeah. like that's where I'm gonna be. Right. Uh, so it's not out of it's not out of anything other than just I didn't see the first one, and now I'm here. Well, you got some fun movies to look forward to. Yeah, that's how I feel that's about a it. Good thing. And yeah. I don't know when that's going to happen, but it will. But I'm I'm uh, I'm a little bit behind on Star Trek too. But I, I'm catching Me up too. on that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much Star Trek right now that it's hard to. Uh, it is. My complaint for a lot of years was, man, there's way too much Star Wars, and like I've been a Trekkie for my whole life. Or a trekker, if you prefer. I call myself a Trekkie. Yeah. Uh, and, like, now I'm kind of going, well, there's just, like, a lot of Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yes. I don't know. Man. There are worse problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To have, right? Yeah. 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 And, like, I, I love Star Trek. I've got a I've got a red shirt hanging in the other room. Nice. You know? <laughs> uh, like, I'm, I'm that guy. Don't but, wear it out. Uh, well, I, uh, Halloween. You've got Halloween. <laughs> you know, there's always Halloween. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, I, I, am that guy, but uh, yeah, with, with Star Wars, I've never, I've never been a a Star Wars guy as much as I have been a Star Trek guy. Yeah. I, I like them both, but I, I leaned heavier into Trek. Sure. So I'm, I'm way behind on the Star Wars, but you're still enjoying it and you're keeping up on the shows. So yeah, that's, that's nice. Yeah, you know, I love the new one, Andor. That's really good. See, I didn't even know there was an Andor. Like, I, like that. I'm going to depend on Wikipedia to tell me what to watch <laughs> when I finally watch these things. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I got a, I got far enough behind on Trek, which I keep up with. I was like, what, wait, Strange New Worlds? What's that? Right. You know, like oh, I, yeah. I got to that point where it like there's a new coming. show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm always slightly behind. I like, think streaming changed the game. I it think really there's did. So much more. Coming, there's a couple more Star Wars shows coming. I'm really did. You know, yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. There are. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you've got coming up other than the Atonement Bell that you want to promote, or that you uh, anything on the horizon? Or um, 
No, besides what's happening like next year, um, I think just the Atonement Bell. Yeah. Um, Boys with November scarves. 9th. Yeah. Yeah, and Boys with scarves. Yeah. Which is out now and. Yeah. 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 That's okay. About it. Good. That's uh, enough. I really enjoy both Boys with scarves. I enjoy in a very different way from Atonement Bell. Uh, <laughs> which I think is the intention. Yeah, of course. It's really interesting, actually, kind of having both of those things at the same time, because you see your really silly side, and you also see your really serious side. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, this is all in the same head, and that's kind of that's kind of refreshing. Yeah, it's, you know, it's both both things need to be uh, addressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, we've mentioned George Romero a couple of times. I think of George Romero, and I think zombies, and I think, you know, I just think of, oh, that's who George Romero is. Yeah. I bet he loves a good fart joke. Sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't get to express that side. It's a sketch that's got plenty of that. Yeah, yeah. So you get to express <laughs> all those sides, and that's kind of beautiful. Thank uh, you, man. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Yeah, so, but it's been a lot of fun talking to you. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, likewise, man. I always enjoy it. This yeah. is really fun just hanging out and talking about all the stuff. Yeah, we should do the soft mic sometime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jim Oosley, a creative force in St. Louis who doesn't realize that he is. Uh, and uh, that. Checkmates at home. That says kind of all that I need to say about about my friend Jim. He's a creative force who doesn't realize that he is, and uh, he's a St. Louis he's a St. Louis personality who doesn't know that about himself. And if you're missing out on his work, get in on it. Get on get in on it. You're missing some great stuff. Pre-order the Atonement Bell at your comic book store of choice. Uh, you can find Boys with Scarves on Bandcamp. Just search for it. Uh, you can find a lot of his stuff out there. Just start Googling. Just find his stuff. It's worth your time to read uh, or to listen to. Uh, we barely even touched on My Two Planets and Bonehouse. That stuff's out there, too. He's also a great musician, a uh, wonderful bass player. Uh, played bass on one of my albums. Played bass on the Out From The Light that record was fun. with me. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Jim, great talking to you. I really appreciate you being here. Likewise, uh, man. I appreciate you taking the time to have me on and, and talk about my stuff. Because like we talked about before, there's so much stuff that's that's out there. Yeah. People have to be directed to what you're doing. Yeah. You know? So yeah. this is a major help. And it's also just fun hanging out and talking. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. And Jim, I don't know if uh, you've done signings and stuff and people come up to you and, and they're familiar with your work, you know, sometimes. And... Uh, I don't know if you've had that experience where someone's come up and just said thank you for your work because it helped me through something. Uh, if they haven't, you're getting that right now, man. Thank you for your work. It's oh, wow. Me well, thank you stuff. very much. And, that, uh, that honestly means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, musically, I still default back to some of the My Two Planets stuff. Uh, and as far as your writing, I mean, I think about uh, Dead Palace a lot. And, you nice. know, uh, just your stuff means a lot to me. Well, thank you so, very much. You, know, I, I really, the, you say that means a lot to me, so thank you. Thanks, man. If you don't hear that enough, I want you to at least hear it here. Thank you. So, uh, uh, folks at home, uh, thanks for uh, listening to this. Uh, I know we took a lot of diversions. They're probably mostly going to be in there <laughs> when we get the final edit. Uh, sorry, and also you're welcome. Uh, thank you for hanging in there. Uh, I hope you guys, uh, I hope you checkmates at home had as much fun as I did. I want to end the show the same way that I that I always end it. When I have a guest on the show, I always want to say that I speak only for myself. Uh, but I think that Jim probably would countersign a lot of this. Uh, I want to end it the same way that I always do. 
uh, folks out there, please uh, continue to be mindful of COVID-19. It's better than it was, but it's still out there. Please continue to take, take appropriate precautions, get vaccinated, and all that jazz. Uh, also, please remember that Black Lives Matter. Please remember that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights. Please remember that women's rights are human rights, and I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And outside of that, please, please, please be good to each other, be good to yourselves, forgive each other, and forgive yourselves. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. Since the time of recording, Boys With Scarves is now available at Euclid Records.